the classical music form of the Requiem is the springboard for a new work that reflects on how Kiwis have been experiencing loneliness, distance and uncertainty under lockdown and border restrictions. Where Will They Bury My Bones has been created by New Zealanders living in three different countries. In the sign of the times, the premiere of the 20-minute work will happen online and people are being asked to pay what they can. Where Will They Bury My Bones is a highlight of the revamped Auckland Arts Festival programme. With us now is the composer Gareth Farr. Kia ora, Gareth. Lynn. How are you? I am very well. Very excited by this, actually. Where Will They Bury My Bones? It's, I'm trying to think of the right adjective. It's a really alluring title. What, what are you all exploring in this work? Um, well... It's a, it's a piece that has been sort of brewing for many, many years with Paul Horan, the librettist, who's a Kiwi living in Melbourne, uh, and, and me. Um, just this idea that New Zealand is a, a such a, a mobile population where there's, you know, at any one time there's a million New Zealanders not in the country. Um, and, it's just this idea of always being away from home and never quite knowing where you'll be <laughs> at the final moment. And of course, none of us ever want to think about that. But it's it's just that sort of fascinating idea of where, where are we? Where, where do we belong? And where is home? The timing of this, of course, Gareth, as you mentioned, this has been in the works for a while now, but this is being played in the heart of the pandemic here in Aotearoa, and that adds so much, doesn't it? So many extra layers to this work. Absolutely. And and we we couldn't have seen that coming, of course. Nobody could. Uh, But now that we're doing it, it's suddenly so real and so immediate and so uh, desperate for so many people. And we really felt that it was a... I don't know if if it's a requiem anymore. I mean, that was the idea at first, but it's... It's, it, it needs to be a piece that people relate to on so many different levels, but on a very real level, I think. What's the tone of the music? I mean, I heard, I heard sadness, and I know it was only 30 seconds from the, from the interlude, but, or are there, are there many themes and emotions through the piece? Yeah, well, exactly. It's another reason why I wouldn't want to call it a requiem anymore um, even though that was kind of our jumping point. Um, it, it is a very, very emotional piece. Uh, and emotions at their complete height can be all of those things. They can be sad and happy at the same time. They can be laughing and crying at the same time. And I'm, I, I listen to it and I laugh and I cry and I wrote it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the reaction that we'll, get from from people and and also um i think you know as an audio piece it is um that's that's how it's intended you know to be appreciated just just audio but the fact that we've actually had this astonishing um ability to be able to to have the funding from creative new zealand to film it in this stunning stunning hall in london 
Um, it looks like it's been filmed in Buckingham Palace. No, better, much better than that. <laughs> Buckingham Palace is a bit tatty. This hall is stunning. Um, and so there's a sort of a real visceral experience that anyone who goes through the, um, who can see it on, watch it online will experience. We have a photograph of it. It is absolutely gorgeous. I agree with you, Gareth. But I did wonder, with this being online, I mean, you've spent so much of your life in concert halls and very aware of the audience response to your work, you know, surrounded by it when you're sitting (laughs) amidst them. Is there anything that's been lost? Will there be anything that's been lost for the experience for you as a a creators and for the audience? And, And maybe anything gained, given that this can be broadcast internationally? Well... Yeah, that's, that's a great question because um, I guess, as you say, I'm so used to having that immediate audience response so I know whether it's worked or not immediately. Whereas online, I I don't necessarily know um, what people's responses are. They'll be sitting in their living rooms watching it on the, on the big screen or small screen or laptop or whatever. And they may say, "Oh, that was amazing," and I'll never, I'll never hear those words, which is, uh, which is a little disconcerting for me. Um, but as you say, you know, this, this is, this is not um, a performance to fifteen hundred people or however many in in Wellington. This is a performance for potentially three billion people. <laughs> Whoever wants to watch it can watch it. So um, it's there are definite pluses and well, I don't think there are any negatives. It's just what I'm used to. Um, I'm used to that visceral response, that that sort of adrenaline excitement of a performance. But it's also one of the reasons why we really, really wanted um, it to be uh, premiered, like Radio New Zealand will premiere it. It is a moment. It is an occasion. And you have to be there. You can watch it in a month if you want. But if you watch it when Radio New Zealand premieres it or Auckland Festival premieres it, you are there at the premiere at the same time as everyone else is seeing it. Uh, And that's special. I think that's really special and important. I'm picturing rehearsals have been zoomed but I'm not sure I mean you've got the the time difference as well how has this worked I mean you're used to being again as a musician yourself breathing the same air as your musicians right absolutely I mean it's a huge amount of trust Um, and it's really good to know that my team members Paul Horan I've worked with many times before I know his words are beautiful Uh, I know he will always produce stunning work. Julian, the baritone, uh, I've worked with him before on um, a piece by, uh, we commissioned Bill Manhire to write some words and he wrote a whole lot of beautiful little verses on extinct and endangered birds, New Zealand birds. And I called it ornithological anecdotes, bit of a mouthful, but um, Julian performed that in New Zealand and in London, in front of Kirita Kanawa for one of the performances who came backstage and said, that composer is very good. 
So I'm putting that on my CV. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, <laughs> uh, and I trust him implicitly. And Ben Baker, the um, principal violinist of the string quartet, who are all Kiwis as well. Um, he, I've worked with him many times before, and he's a stunning violinist. So I just, it was just complete trust. And I said, look, just you just rehearse it up, do what artistically you think is right. Send me a recording of a rehearsal before we actually film it. And they sent me a recording and it was perfect. I mean, there were a couple of minor issues that I was just like speed, tempo um, that I had, but really nothing artistic was wrong with it. They were, they were just the most incredible team. And it is a terrifying thing to, to be leading um, such a massive project. I mean, it's massive, you know, just the, the logistics of getting it filmed, logistics of getting the the um the hall secured the piano tuned all of the tiny little things all roll up into one enormous ball and to do it from the other side of the world you have to have a team that you trust and i absolutely did and so, do. Th this collaboration gareth with you and paul i mean does the does paul set his lyrics to your music do you do you read paul's words and work on your composition chicken egg which which comes first or well, is it truly collaborative I, it is it's very collaborative but i i need him to produce the words first however having said that it's taken um uh, well gosh we've been working together since um well for 22 years um and it's taken that long for him to really understand what I need as a composer. I like, I don't want rhymey rhymey. He doesn't either. I don't need the lines to scan the same, but I uh, think little things like he knows that if there's a verse that is working really well musically, um, if I want to do that again with different words, he knows that he needs to write words that rhythmically scan exactly the same way. They don't have to, you know, rhyme the same way, but they have to make sense with whatever melody I've created for the verse that is working. And I was like, oh, this is so good. I just want to do it again with different words. And he just does it. He just, he just does it. Uh, so he knows me really well. And I know him well enough to know that his, his work is, is very, very, um, it's quite free in a lot of respects. It, again, it's not tied into any sort of rhythmic structure. But the wonderful thing about that is it just gives me endless possibilities. I'm not locked into something that he's kind of got in his mind musically. Uh, so that's that's the way we work. So it, it, it's it's um, it's he he writes me a draft and I and I do some work on it and then give him a bit of feedback. So it's it's a bit to and fro, but the words have to come first. The basic words, actually. Kakite Gareth, always lovely to talk to you. Gareth Farr, Where Will They Bury My Bones has its world premiere online on the 19th of March as part of the Auckland Arts Festival.